0: So,
1: this is Kevin Evans with the chapter-by-chapter life class at Crossroads Assembly of God in Greenville. And uh, I'm interrupting a heavy theological argument to actually start our study today, which is uh, finishing up Acts 15. And it's been a couple of weeks since we have uh, met together. And I am, well, they tell me that we finished somewhere around verse 35 in chapter 15, and at that point, uh, Peter had, was compo- had composed a letter to the churches that Paul had established in uh, his first missionary journey. And basically, the church has made a ruling that um, uh, you don't have to be circumcised and adapt uh, Hebrew custom in order to become a Christian. So we have all of these Hellenistic uh, Christians who do not have a Jewish background that were being uh, held to this higher Jewish standard in order to be part of their church. And their church was imposing these extra uh, hoops to jump over in order for them to be saved, in order for them to have salvation. And so um, we got we get this official ruling that uh, that is not what salvation is. You just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is plain and simple, and that is what Paul is actually going to say in the next chapter to somebody else, to the point that it is so simple that it's actually a little bit controversial, and uh, we as good debating Christians have found all kinds of reasons to fight over it and form competing denominations over that particular verse. Anyway, that's where we are. So let's finish up verse uh, the chapter 15, and then we will jump into chapter 16. And so, uh, verse 36 in chapter 15 is basically an argument between Paul and Barnabas. Can you imagine that they would argue? Well, I agree
2: with
1: Paul. Oh, do you already? You've already taken sides. Paul. You're taking sides, Bill. I, I agree with
2: Barnabas.
1: Wow. Yeah, well, Christian don't
0: argue.
1: I, I uh, yeah, that. Christians never well, argue, do they? Know, right. No, no. We, we live in perfect if peace. If you, back, and, if you go back
3: and back abandoned them both during the middle of the ministry. Hey, I know,
1: Bill. Let's let's read the the, the verse first and then we'll <laughs> could argue about it. How about oh, that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. You. Verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, "Let us go back and visit the brothers in in, in the towns where we preached and the word of the Lord and see how they're doing." Barnabas wanted to take John also called Mark with them. Uh, who was his cousin? I added that part because it's somewhere else. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia, and had continued with and uh, not continued with them in the work, and they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers. To the grace of the Lord, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Notice that Barnabas takes his nephew, cousin, whatever, and he goes to the same, he begins the same journey that Paul did in his first journey and is basically following the same series of route, as near as we can tell. And Paul goes the other direction and, and basically does that same route, but backwards. So they're both visiting, we assume, the same churches that they established the first time around, but they're not doing it together. Mm -hmm. We've got two different groups of missionaries wandering through.
0: Paul went with the grace
1: of God. Oh, oh, so so Paul must have been right. So Barnabas was wrong and did not go in the grace of God is what you're suggesting?
3: (laughs) Maybe he
0: he needed more grace because he'd been so harsh.
2: (laughs) It's also written by
3: Luke. (laughs)
1: <laughs> an excellent point wow all this bias in here but
3: I do agree with with Paul if you're in the middle of a ministry especially in that day and time and someone just abandons you in the middle of the ministry and takes off wherever he took off to Lord only knows where then why would you want to take him again I mean how could you trust him
0: maybe he was having a crisis
3: of faith maybe he was 14 14 year olds
0: are you stupid
3: know, you know what I, with
2: that saying we do that to everybody who makes a mistake in ministry. We're not in anybody's ministry at all. Ooh, preach so, it! I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying, oh, good for John Mark to leave." Probably a young minister. If I could go back to when I was a young minister, the mistakes I made, and even as a older minister now, I mean, if, if one mistake discounts you, we're all in trouble.
1: My personal takeaway from this passage mm-hmm. is, first— <laughs> uh, is first uh, another confirmation of the rule of Dwayne which is uh, that's his dad yeah, uh, if, if we don't evangelize and preach the word God's going to make us because and, and he, he, when I was a kid I've told this story before I grew up in Henderson Texas which had this enormous Southern Baptist church presence and of course Southern Baptists, as Southern Baptists do, built an enormous building because they want to get every last soul they can in the same building at the same time in front of the same preacher. And uh, they ran like 700 people every Sunday morning. You know, it was a huge auditorium. And they bought up uh, two blocks of land around the church in order to expand, sometimes kind of muscling little old ladies out of their houses so they can tear it down and build an FLC. Uh, You know, uh, Baptists are kind of notorious for that kind of behavior. Well, um, they, they don't like to expand, they want to get bigger and more, you know, prosperous. Well, It turns, when you have a church that large, you have multiple ordained ministers working there and then those ordained ministers start flexing their muscles against each other and then somebody has a fight over something and then uh, somebody gets fired. And when that guy fires, he throws a big wall hissy fit and he invites all of his people over to his house and they have a big church split, and they go to the other side of church, and they form second. South Side Baptist Church. No, not Second. That's something different. South Side <laughs> Baptist Church. And uh, guess what? Uh, ten years later, the same thing happens again, and it forms East Side Baptist Church. And then ten years later, I'm not joking. Oh, what do you think's coming next? No, it's Trinity, Trinity Baptist Church. So in Henderson, Texas, yes, this is recorded. There is First Baptist, there is East Side and North Side and Trinity. Wait, did I get that wrong? Uh, I'm I'm getting them messed up. Anyway, uh, there are five enormous Southern Baptist churches. And then there are a few other denominations that are represented by rather small congregations. It is dominant Southern Baptist in this town. Um, could one church have done that? Does one church have that kind of reach? Maybe in Korea, you know. Uh, I think if we, don't, if we don't send out missionaries, then God's just going to make us fight each other and make those missionaries happen anyway. And guess what? It's, it's happening right here, too. Paul and Barnabas, you know, are in a position where they can both split up, take on an extra partner, train another evangelist, and now we've got two very effective evangelistic groups rather than one, and we're doing twice the, the, the productivity, Right. Well, if they don't split up, then then we're actually hurting the ministry, right?
0: Well, you know what? Yes, we need a really good church split around here, then. Whoa, okay. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> please go tell the pastor I'm preaching you church split.
0: Preach it, brother. Yes, absolutely. Well, oh my oh, word! Oh, we need another one. It's time.
2: <laughs> it's funny you brought up. There's actually a YouTube channel
1: called The Church Split. Um, I, I've never watched that. Pastor, I've never watched that. Okay, so I don't think it's a comment on Paul or Barnabas. No, no, excuse me. I don't think it's a call, I don't think God is taking one of their sides. Uh, I think uh, God uses their personalities to his best interest. And I, you know, when you read Paul, he, he writes like a lawyer. Uh, he's an attorney. He's definitive. He's aggressive. And he is the boss. And I imagine when he gets in a council meeting, sometimes he might be hard to work with because he's always right. Can you imagine somebody who is convinced that they're always right? Anyway, uh, Yes, and Barnabas seems to be a very uh, passive, loving, type B personality. At least that's the way cop, I see bad, him.
2: Good cop, bad cop,
1: cop. Yeah, and and I think both of them are very effective with you know certain groups, depending on what they're doing. And uh, you know, evidently God thought they would be better off apart than together. At least more effectively. Well, I would say we're And based on the scripture in his first journey, when his, the name Paul shifts to the beginning of the two, first it was Barnabas and Paul, and then it was Paul and Barnabas once they hit the road. Uh, that that tells me something too.
2: Paul would come in and be really mean to the people and get them and realize how much sinners and horrible they were. and Barnabas would follow up and,
1: and that and wouldn't be a bad them. routine. Yeah. 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 them. Okay. Uh, so I think what it is basically is doing is showing us the personalities of the people the involved, and that's the best.
2: That Barnabas But church I w- so. yeah. Well, I mean, by the writings, they said Barnabas went on to Antioch uh-huh. and had a very. Yeah, story.
1: church history and yeah, all, church history all that. History
2: yeah, can I just say something that's
1: bothering me? Okay. Sometimes church splits are really, really bad, and there's a
0: wolf that's out oh, there yeah. that's going to like, also continue being a wolf. I, I just had to say that out loud. because I don't think they're me. good. No, no, no. no. Uh-huh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't
1: think they're necessary. But I think that we are human beings, human beings, particularly those that really engage their own freedom, do stupid things. Sure. And there's, there's uh, com- you know, ramifications to those stupid things. And I thank God in his wisdom and in his omnipotent power and from his non-temporal perspective, Uses all of our stupidity for his gain. Well, when you he, he finds that silver lining in that horrible situation, and in the end, even though it's bad, Something things. good comes out of it in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I
2: guess I'm talking
0: about like the cult leader that's like splitting from from following
1: Jesus. You know, uh, no, it's not what I'm talking about. That's something a little different, a little more complicated. Okay, did, I, is it back was, in the corner. I, yes? I was curious, so I looked up churches in Henderson, Texas. Uh, huh? There are non-Baptist churches in Henderson, Texas, right now. Oh, there are nine now. Well, I, I left a few years ago. To well, be yes, fair, you know. so, there probably still splits off a of First Baptist Church if the history c- still carries itself out. Uh, here,
3: you know, here's the sad thing. I, I've, I've seen, I, I've had, I've had to go in with the superintendent and close down a church before because of. Know the trouble that someone caused in the church, it actually closed the church down. So that's it does yeah, and it's uh, the woman that did it had a reputation at every church she went to as a would cause problems in the church, a major problems. Yeah. It <laughs> was <laughs> <connected laughs> the <with some laughs> pastor.
1: I want want to apologize to the internet for everything (laughs) that was just said in the last 15 minutes. Don't believe any of it. They aren't as bad as they sound. Okay. No,
0: that really was the truth. She was the preacher's life of every preacher.
1: What? what? Huh? You
2: said there were like all these churches they had to split. Surely she didn't split every single one of them? No, that's two different. I think you're two different
1: stories there, sweetie. Okay, so are we ready for chapter 16? Yeah,
2: yeah it's
1: chapter. Okay, so chapter 16 basically uh, records Paul's second missionary journey. And um, I had one commentator who was very convinced that this took place roughly a year after the first journey. And then I've got another commentator named Barclay that I use a lot. Who's convinced that it was five years after the first one. I have no idea where he comes up with that number. Uh, Five years seems long for me, but, you know, I'm writing a screenplay in my head. So, you know, I don't know how how actual, you know, uh, how much you can depend upon that. In any case, sometime later, as Luke said, uh, they decide that they're going to go on this trip. And Paul has teamed up with Silas who was uh, one of those Greeks uh, from um, that his church, and he's already been mentioned earlier in the scripture. So he has been an active Christian, and he is of a Greek background. And then we've got Paul. Wait, am I lying? I'm lying, aren't I?
2: Why are you lying?
1: Silas is Jewish.
0: <coughs> With a Greek father.
1: No, that's Timothy uh i'm confusing my people anyway he's got this guy who is an established uh, a member of the church and uh he's picked up another partner and so barnabas has gone on his way going the other the the, the first route through the, the 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 circuit through the churches paul's going backwards through lystra now lystra is where if you'll recall uh, they wanted to worship he and Barnabas as Hermes and Zeus and offer uh, a, 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 a sacrifice to them. And when they refused to admit that they were as Hermes and Zeus, they decided to stone them instead. So Lystra, I'm sure, does not have any you know, fond memories with Paul, I mean, you know, I'm sure he remembers this town very, very well. Uh So so he comes back into Lystra and preaches because they have this established church there. And I would have to say that having gone through what they did the first time, that he would have something of a reputation among those people as well. So they know him and they understand the sacrifices he's made for them. And he gets there and um, he meets a young disciple named Timothy, uh, who is half Jewish. His mother's Jewish. And his father is Greek and that is all we get. So there's no description of his father being a Greek believer. There's nothing uh, of the sort. So we have to assume that he is um, uh, Greek in his religious background as well. So.
3: But she is considered a devout woman.
1: Well, it says she's a Jewish and a believer. So the brothers at Lystra and Iconia spoke well at Timothy And Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. So he's going to take on another kid. He's just not going to take Barnabas' kid because, you know, he he failed him and all. So, uh, oh, wait, what's Paul doing as he goes through these churches? He's delivering a letter from Peter, and he's reading that letter publicly in every one of the churches that he uh, uh, goes to, we assume. And what does that letter say? It says you don't have to be circumcised in order to be a Christian. We have made this decision. Uh, that's, that's a Hebrew thing. It has nothing to do with believing in Jesus Christ. All you have to do is, is, is believe in Jesus Christ. There's even not a lot of talk of repentance. It's just believe in Jesus Christ. And what does Paul do with Timothy when he takes him on? Circumcises him. And he doesn't say he calls a priest and hasn't circumcised. Paul is a priest. Paul took care of this business himself. Didn't that be a hypocrite? Yeah. Uh, no, right? Because It to does be, beg an interesting question. Because he's going, what
2: about that letter you just read,
0: man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> read that letter again. <laughs> What do you think, Bill? Sometimes you do certain things to be effective in what you're about to do. And if it affects your ability to be effective in the ministry, then sometimes you have to make tough choices. Or to to someone someone else. Yes, Yes. that's That's right. right. Because Timothy was was going to be a Greek,
2: and he's not circumcised. Now listen, I've gone to churches where we're very strict King James people, and I would do my sermon out of respect. I preached from King James Version. Now, if I have the boldness to say, I don't normally do this, I'm a New American Standard guy, <laughs> I, but that was out of respect. And The thing is, that I could be very, well, tough for you, I'm going to read from what yeah. I want. Then they don't hear any word of the sermon after that.
0: Right, the message is more important. The message right? is more important. You're secondary.
1: And there's a and little. The
2: and the offering, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah well, of thanks for boiling it right down to it. Uh, there is a difference between what was going on with uh, Titus, and that, that the ruling is over, and with what's going on with Timothy. Uh, what uh, the, the, the Greek believers were being told was that to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and be a Christian and go to heaven, you have to become a Jew first. And to become a Jew, you have to jump over all of these hurdles and one of those hurdles is circumcision. That's the most obvious one. Now, so that's, that's, black. That, that's significant. That, 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 that's changing that, that, uh, the, the message of Christ. It is overlaying these extra standards that aren't there. And it's, it's hypocritical, it's heresy. I, I've got all kinds of words I can call that. And they needed to address this. It was very important that they address exactly what Christianity was and what salvation was. So why
3: did Paul do what he did? So why did
1: Paul do what he did? Because Paul wanted a bigger offering. Because Paul (laughs) wanted to get along. Because Paul wanted to avoid the argument. Because he's reading this letter saying that you're still going to heaven if you don't get circumcised. But he's dealing with Jews He's traveling with someone who's supposed to be a Jew, but actually he is a Jew because he's the son of a Jewish woman legally. But because he was not circumcised legally, he is a, a, a gentile. No, it's worse than that. He's apostate according to Hebrew uh, law, and so he's not allowed in the synagogue because he's not. He is a Jew and did not circumcise. Now, if he was a Greek and uncircumcised, we can invite him in as an outsider to watch, and we have a place where he can stand in the synagogue. But being who he was, uh, mixed and uncircumcised, he's not allowed in the synagogue. And
0: he's being mentored to you, right?
1: Yes. So, so, he has, so Paul is basically avoiding... The big long argument that he would have to go through in every church that he goes through, and he talks Timothy into allowing him to circumcise
0: him. It also tests his commitment. And that's commitment. Yeah, that's <laughs> <his> total <laughs> commitment. Yeah. that's dedication. Yeah. And, and see, this would maybe work out better than Bart- you know, one You the women with Barnabas. We're going to test it yeah. right up front. <laughs>
2: John Mark, you have to do this. But <laughs> but but Paul goes on to say, I become all things to all people.
0: Yeah. Also all things are lawful but not all things so right. Yeah,
2: you know, but I mean it's I've been to churches where I find out any preacher or anybody on staff has to wear a suit and tie. Guess what I do when I get speak there. Yeah, maybe. I wear a suit and tie. If it's, if, it's, if it's this is acceptable, this the way I'm gonna yeah. go. But because it, it, then it becomes about the argument. The argument becomes the the, the the central port of that. So you just say, you know, like if you word it at best, I just want to avoid the argument and preach the gospel.
3: And we know Timothy became really strong in God through all of I'm just sorry. It's just a heck
1: of a Yeah, he became strong in God, all right. Yeah.
2: He, he could resist both things then for after that. Hmm. Dedication. Dedication.
1: Okay, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in number. Did I read all through that? Yes. They traveled down the town, delivered decisions, reached by the apostles. Okay. Uh, verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia. So Phrygia is this, and Galatia are these big regional areas, so he's kind of going northwest. And having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, including that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Why do you think God kept them from going into the of Asia? <laughs> Why do you think? Communism. Is that what it was?
0: Yes. Those dame commies. <laughs> um, I don't know. You would
1: think that God would want the word to go everywhere. And he told Paul to go preach to the you know, Judea and the world <laughs> and to go everywhere. So why would he say not here, not now? Only he knows. Only he knows. And I don't think, and, and I think God can close a door just as easily as he can open one. There might have yeah. been someone else
2: he was sending, but he also knew the time was right for Macedonia. For anyone who could go there. But,
1: you know. I think it still happens. Um, yes. I, uh, I uh, have a relative who's a missionary to Germany. And uh, in my opinion, as he was preparing for his ministry, I think he cut some corners. We won't go into all the details." And then he started raising money to go over to Germany and he gets there and he's there like a week and they kick him out and send him back to the United States because he didn't have all his paperwork in order, don't remember all the details. And then he's raising money again to go back to Germany. And so he hits all the relatives a second time around and. we send him over to Germany and he's there a little bit longer this time, but before he can really get established, he runs out of his visa, he can't, visa can't get re-established and they, they kick him back again. And uh, he's saying it's just really, really hard to get into this part of what used to be East Germany and yada, 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 yada. And then I started speaking to an Assembly of God minister who literally had a, a, a ministry within about 100 miles of where Judy's relative was. And um, I said, I understand it's really hard to get into East Germany. He goes, no, I haven't had any problem with my visas at all, all this way, you know, because he, he went through an established church and he did all of his homework and he got everything in order before he went over there and then we only paid for it once and he was there a year before he came home. I think maybe God doesn't bless every little idea that you have. Yeah. Maybe you need to follow God's guidance a little closer, you know?
0: It's I, th- his I your, think it's blessing your program.
1: And I think if you're running your program and the doors keep getting slammed in your face, you might want to pay a little more attention to that. Maybe there's a reason the doors are getting slammed in your face. I notice that when I'm teaching, I'll, I'll come across something that really strikes me before I get to it, Bill will bring it up, and I feel like that's a confirmation. And then we get back in the church, and the pastor preaches on exactly the same thing. Have you noticed that? <laughs> At that point, Bill and I are both thinking, yeah, we probably should study this a little closer. I think this is important. Right. You know, that's confirmation, is what they call that. Well, I think it goes the other way, too. And I think God can say no.
0: I offer uh, a perspective? Hit on me. This. Spirit can be saved on the day of the Lord and I think that like hitting bottom right you know people who are stuck in sin need to go through this process and get into the point of understanding that they need a savior and uh, maybe that could have been what was going on there they still had to go through some things before they were ready to receive the word I find that idea very uncomfortable I admit however I don't think you're necessarily wrong
3: Hmm. now Asia is Asia part of Africa or uh, right he's referring
1: to Asia Minor which yeah. is actually now uh, 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 the uh, Middle East it's yeah. Jordan I think. Jordan. Uh, David living, to go finish my point, David Livingston wanted to go to China. God sent him to Africa. William Carey prepared to go to Polynesia, God sent him to India. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adamaron Judson, I don't know him, went to India and then God took him to Burma where he his ministry actually took off. Uh, God guides us along the way to just the right place. And so I think maybe if I'm going to write this screenplay, God isn't so much closing the door on Asia Minor as it is he really needs to go to Macedonia right now. And I don't know why an angel didn't say go that way, you know, rather than, have all these circumstances and have the Holy Spirit shut down all these d- two different plans uh, and then give him the dream. I mean, that's God's business. It yeah, could have been a little simpler, I think.
0: Searching for God, though, right? We're supposed to search I, I guess him and so. him. So, like, no, still put us... But, the uh, but
1: Paul, being the pig-headed mm-hmm. master of his faith that he is, and I completely understand that, by the way, sometimes God has to slap you around to get your attention, you know? Well, and well, but I think God... But, Paul was a guy that needed to be slapped in the face in order to get his Well, addiction. the
2: wording here, it says, forbidden, stopped by the Spirit. And in verse 10, it says, when he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia. He did. He said, concluding, which means that they were thinking about it. Oh, you know what? I think we're getting a message to go here instead mm-hmm. of there. So it, it is a thought
3: process to where they're coming. There must be something important where we're going to go. Yeah, because my Bible says after they were come to Macedonia. They have said to go into
1: Athenia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And I think it's interesting that the word or phrase in my Bible is Spirit of Jesus. Yeah, mine,
0: that's what I yes. mean. Oh, but that's NIV. Which right? is, yeah, yes, is the NIV.
1: New American uh, Standard. God, God's Bible.
0: Isn't the blood of Jesus very often uh, yeah. in the New Testament? New American Standard. NIV. NIV. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's got
1: um, in the name. It was just an interesting expression of the Holy Spirit. For
0: the Macedonian
1: cookies. That's <laughs> uh, The only other interesting tidbit I found in this passage is that at verse 10, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave from Macedonia. And the pronoun in the narrative has been they up to this point. So we can assume that in Macedonia Luke joins the party in Macedonia and as the writer of the text he's not going to bring focus upon himself as the author he doesn't record his joining but suddenly the pronouns change and he's speaking from first person so I think that's where he joined. so when Paul picks up when he picks up Timothy he also picks up a personal doctor well he did a surgery well, I, I just think I just think that was interesting. I don't think that Luke is serving Paul as a doctor. I think he is uh, going to preach. He, is, you think they could have left that to him rather than Paul? But it says Paul did it. Yeah, I, I'm sure he has performed a brie, a bris or a or two, whatever that's called. Anyway, um, so so we have Paul, but but I'm wondering if Luke didn't also serve as. Of course, he served as camp doctor. If these are the people that he's he's preaching with, are you sure Luke joined them?
3: It says we. And he continues to say no, oh, we. But well, we could be him and
0: him and, him and
1: Timothy yeah. and right here. In in Evans's famous screenplay of the New Testament, it, it, uh, the the Luke that joins them in Macedonia. Yeah, I think that's what everything indicates. The, the I can't prove that. Testament. No. Uh But I also think it, you know, I think it's interesting that he's a doctor and that Paul, I've always assumed, has physical problems. Uh, he talks about the thorn in his side. He was also stoned multiple times and endured multiple shipwrecks. Uh, if you'd lived the life that Paul did, you would limp. I think there's going to be some to over and everything. Yeah, I, th- I think he had chronic pain. Uh, from all the beatings, I think things didn't heal correctly. I think he was uh, had impressive scars. Uh, you know,
2: and don't forget he got bit by a snake. Yeah,
1: there are a couple. There's a snake bite in there too. I, I'm thinking, you know, somebody had to tend to that thorn in his side, which I firmly believe is literally a pain in his side. I think he had a fractured rib or dislocated something or something torn that wasn't going to go back. And uh, he had a. Yeah, and it, and he and now he's got a doctor in the in the house at traveling with him. Isn't that interesting?
0: God
1: him? Is it? Maybe God's just maybe it's just God's provision to give you a doctor.
3: Actually,
2: that used to be the standard belief that if it couldn't be physical, because God heals everything. And there is a certain logic
1: to it. I have to admit.
2: It's pretty apparent by the Greek language; it was something
0: physical. But then why would God like
1: Just cut you off, Bill, what were you saying? I
3: was saying if 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 he was believed God for so many things, why wouldn't you think that God would heal him? God had to have healed him at one time to get him up and moving again because they left him for dead.
2: But God but Christ explained to him when he did the prayer. He said I prayed three times and three times Christ said, No. So My you, grace is sufficient for you. Because if we go by that other line of logic Pray for somebody, and they didn't get the healing we prayed for. We got a conundrum there.
3: But we do. We ignored.
2: Oh, well, we're not going to talk about this person. They didn't get healed. We're going to talk about this (laughs) person. Yeah. (laughs) But the 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 basic part of that passage of scripture is, "My grace is sufficient for you, whether I heal you or I do not choose to heal you at this time." Well, it's just like
3: God healed my heart, a hole in my heart. Okay, Mm -hmm. that was literal when I was twenty years old, but yet He didn't heal my asthma. And I never understood that. Of course, we had a man in church that said it's because it, what, that what, that couldn't happen. You know, he, he was he was very hard.
1: Yeah.
2: We, we cause a lot of problems sometimes with this. Yeah. But when you go to, to Jesus, you'll be healed.
3: Well, the thing is, I saw the hole they in my heart. We, we, you know, <laughs> and then when they did the final test, <laughs> the final there was no hole in my heart. Yeah. So I mean, that told me that God healed it, but He didn't take away my asthma. So yeah. you know, I, His grace is sufficient. Yeah. I've
0: Yeah. But I
2: can get up and leave worship and not be in pain and then sit down and like it hits me. And I've mentioned this before, and I mentioned it again. A while back, I told when I used to preach on this, I said, I do not believe in divine healing. I do not believe in divine healing. I believe in the divine healer. I believe in a Christ who can can heal. If if my faith is in divine healing and it doesn't happen, my faith is destroyed. Destroyed. If my faith is in Jesus, Healer. So we'll honor his word. I honor his word and I honor his choices. Sovereign. It, he's sovereign. That's the big difference. Many in our movement have, have their faith not in Christ, but their faith is in divine healing. Mm-hmm. And that says it either has to be healed or it's not true. So how do
3: we pray for people to be healed? Then? Because because there's, nothing against,
0: there's nothing, there's there's
2: there's nothing wrong against with the prayer. Mm-hmm. But we said, Remember, right. pray in the spirit and it's the perfect will of God said it, I don't think people heard that there is healing. Sometimes it's the ultimate healing when you go on to be with Christ. And that's who healing You pray
0: not my will, but your will. be done. not imagine. Wait, what's wrong?
1: I respectfully request that you never pray for me to die. I just <laughs> <one> <laughs> to make You're worried. <laughs> I, 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 but I, to
0: die is gain. There we go.
1: So yeah. said Paul. I don't agree with Paul on this bigger <laughs> issue.
2: That was be the body to be present with the Lord. That's right.
1: Well, yes, I, if God wants me, he can take me, but don't pray for me to die. I might do that? Okay. You
0: know, we have we the would other never pray for of you that, to die. We would pray for God to have that, his will. Whatever don't pray is. for
1: me to die. <laughs> I, I was very specific. Okay, yes? Where the
3: lady said, through my wife, because she'll never speak to me, in an African culture, a woman will speak with a woman, but not with the man who's okay going to be involved. And she told my wife, you tell your husband never to call me back from the dead again. <laughs> that's just the other side of it. I'm just saying. Again. Yeah. Again. Okay. I still don't get why we talk about
2: if anybody raises me from the dead in here, I'm mad at you. I make it to heaven. Let leave me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Eric, well, I mean that's how you felt.
3: Yeah, that, that there's an obsession with do We need to pray for the dead to be raised. Why? Why? If they're a Christian. right? They made it happen. Well,
2: they're, they're following the example of Jesus. He raised the dead. And that's to prove his ministry and show you he's the Messiah. Yeah. Bill, if I die tomorrow <laughs> and I
3: make it to heaven, well, I think oh, I will. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right? I'm on streets of gold. I'm with my family that's gone before me. I'm
2: in the presence of Jesus. I'm okay. Amen. <laughs> it goes back to how we view death is how we approach life. If we fear death, we fear life. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> so you fear life, Kevin?
1: I was afraid yeah. I wouldn't have enough material. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite to percent either. Wait, what? Isn't that right? Just say I'm, I'm right. right. I no, I need to know the context. <laughs> what are <you're> you talking about? <laughs> so.
2: That's why I don't sign contracts unless I read
1: I've got five minutes with the music and another five minutes with everyone else.
3: So Luke
2: didn't
1: stay uh, with them. Well, unless Bill says something. What was that? I said
3: Luke didn't stay long.
1: <laughs> what are you talking about? Well,
3: because Paul and Silas left to go to Europe. Yeah. And it's just Paul and Silas. He so didn't, it didn't say
1: it was just Paul and Silas. They were the ones preaching, but they had an entourage following behind them, and evidently Luke was in there. Uh, verse 11, from Troas, which is, which is on the coast of Asia Minor, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day on to Neapolis. So if you have, I have a little map in my Bible here, and Samothrace is almost straight north, and from what I could tell in the original language, when Luke says straight, he means they had a straight wind, they did not have to guide the boat, there was no tacking involved, and they made short time of going straight to Europe, which is where Samothrace is. That was the name it, of the winds, like the northeastern wind, there was straight, yes. the straights? Yes. The And so he zips straight there, and then the next day, they, they travel the, uh, what, 30 miles onto Neapolis. From there, they travel to Philippi, a Roman colony in the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. And uh, Macedonia is part of Greece, and. Uh, Philip uh, of Macedonia was Alexandria Alexander the Great's father and so on. So we are in the heart of Greek country. And uh, Philippi is a Roman city that they established after the Romans kind of took over for the Greeks. And the music people leave. I'm going to finish up this section down to verse 15, and we'll pick up at 16 next time. On the Sabbath... We went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of them was listening, was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth in the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message, and when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited them to her home, and if you consider me to be a believer in the Lord, he said, come and stay in my house, and she persuaded us. So... Uh, on the Sabbath, what, what uh, Paul was inclined to do was to go to the synagogue and preach at the synagogue because as a rabbi, he had that right. However, they're in a Greek city, and evidently there are less than 10 Jewish men in this whole city, which is what the minimal requirement to establish a synagogue, and they don't have one. And it is according to Jewish tradition, when you don't have a synagogue, you go to a place of prayer you find a spot somewhere that everybody gathers on the Sabbath and they basically go through the same rituals that you go through in in a synagogue. And so he goes outside the city and finds a creek because it's always by water and he finds the place of prayer outside of Philippi where there are probably less than 10 people, 15 maybe, they have to be 10 men. So factoring in women and children, there could be as many as 25 people there and still not have a synagogue. Uh, so he preaches to this gathering of non-synagogue people. And one of those is a Greek named Lydia, who is a dealer in purple. And uh, she converts, becomes baptized, and invites Paul to stay with her. Yeah, yeah she
3: was, well, mine has a note. She was women's l- liberality. and uh, What? Women's liberality. She was, she was... Uh, you know, because most of the time a man would say, come and stay. But she was, I guess, Evidently more.
1: she was the head of her household, huh?
3: She was more of a liberal woman. And if you notice, the people he sat down to, to teach were women and not men.
1: We don't know that. Uh huh. It, ah, okay.
3: it says, and on the Sabbath we went to the city by the river where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted there thither.
1: Okay, fair enough
3: which goes back to what we talked about at the beginning about the the women, you know, that that, that there were, you know, they may have thought women didn't need to speak, but evidently women did speak back in this day. Well,
1: from what I could tell about purple, it is a particular kind of dye that is, uh, I think it's made from shells, and it is known for this town that she was from, and so uh, Thyatira, And purple cloth is uh, considered to be royal and expensive, and so it was a luxury item. So she is in production of a luxury item as the female head of her household. And uh, as such, I guess she is able to invite this guy to stay in her eastern compound of houses inside the walls.
3: Of course, today that would be considered you know, there'd be all kinds of considerations of how wrong that was for well, the man to go stay with a single woman. You I know? think
1: Paul is past that, and I also think it's not just Paul. It's uh, Paul and his entourage of, and, and, and I'm and guessing, this, 8 this to 10 people. Not
0: some little shack, either. She right. It. It's a, probably a very but big house know nice with lots of servants and everybody. You know what yes. I'm saying? Nowadays,
3: they would turn it around and make something ugly out of it, which well, is, which is what, what makes this society so crazy now.
1: Point taken. When we move on to the rest of this chapter, we're going to see a second conversion. So we see two conversions in Macedonia. First is uh, Lydia, who is already a, a, a worshipper of God, and she becomes a believer pretty easily. And it's it's kind of gentle, and he baptizes her, and it's the way it's supposed to look. And then in the, in the next one, we're going to see the conversion of the, the prison warden. And uh, his, his, his conversion is a little more dramatic,
3: and and,
1: but also just as conclusive. And then when we leave, uh, basically what's happening is that Christ is leaving these two rather important influential people in different parts of society who are now converted and committed to him. These are going to be the, end up being the pillars of that church in Macedonia in the next 10 years when they come well,
3: through. Also, when there's a woman, a demon-possessed woman, they have to set free. Uh, yes? I also thought it was,
0: uh, what, what occurred to me, too, was Timothy was half Greek, and now they're in an area that's heavily Greek. So him having that, being half Greek, may have helped with what they were trying to do as well.
1: Yeah, I would think, think so. Greek. Most, most, most good missionaries try to develop natives to preach in an area. Yeah, so that may have very
0: well helped. The splitting of Paul and Barnabas yep. may have all been part of getting to this point because they needed that Greek assistant sure. instead of the original. Just a
1: thought. It also occurred to me that um, there's power in a vacuum. If you have strong leadership, established strong leadership that holds that leadership for decades, you don't develop new leadership. But when you have openings, when you have gaps in that leadership, when you need replacements, when people move on, when you have turnover, then you have a need to develop more leadership. And if you don't develop leadership, you die in the vine. You know, you end up with a church with you know 10 90 year old people in it, and they're still rocking charge of that church, and they're not going to let anybody else do a thing until they die. And then there won't be any church left when they do. And I've seen that happen several times. And I have totally. I
2: point. think
1: that happens in every church. I think it
2: happens in denomination. There's, a danger, denomination. there's a danger to it. Yes. yes. Yeah.
1: Okay, and with that. Positive thought. I am completely out of time, and uh, we are going to pick up at verse 16 in verse in chapter 16. Well, that should be easy to remember, and uh, hopefully we'll, we we will finish up 16 and start 17 next week. Okay, signing off, internet. And I'm sorry, pastor, for anything blasphemous that I said. Bye.